And stay tuned. Coming up next is an encore presentation of the original Loretta Brown show. Fortunately, Loretta is on her little hiatus over to Egypt for the next few weeks. So we're going to bring you some great encore presentations from the last few years. And this one is all about holy and human. And happy holidays. Good morning, everybody. Hello, hello. Welcome to the original Loretta Brown Show, radio to open the heart, heal the soul, and awaken the consciousness. (sighs) Benny, Benny, it's March. I know. It's amazing already. (laughs) Right? Our guests are loving it, too. They're just enjoying it. I can tell. (laughs) It's 3-3. 2022 right last time i had to say all those twos so today <laughs> for everyone listening i got some threes in there woo-hoo. exactly <laughs> how's your week benny good I'm so snooping. far drying out you know trying to stay afloat you know um nothing much more really to report hope everyone's getting around the puget sound okay but you know we've got much more in store for us on this hour don't we Yes, we do. We got some mm-hmm. great guests. I'll bring yeah. them on in a moment. But mm-hmm. I wanted to share with the listening audience that sometime this week, um, actually, I ended up with a pond and ducks now. I never had that before due to the rain. Oh, they just kind of <laughs> like dropped on by. <laughs> it got so rainy. Aww. I had a, I looked out the window. I said, really, there are ducks and I have a pond. Oh, <laughs> <Aww>, that's sweet. <laughs> it's really cute. They were so happy and they were quacking like crazy. And I went, wow, it's all in perspective, isn't it? Generally what so, ducks do. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I went out and told them, I said, enjoy it, enjoy it. Because, you know, as soon as it dries up, the pond's going away because it doesn't actually. You should try to save it. Every, you should save it. <laughs> or relocate. You could always relocate. We're really good about that. Move it slightly so it's not right in the front yard. Right. <laughs> I kind of like it. Anyway, everybody <laughs> listening, I hope you're staying warm and dry and wear your uh, rubber boots. And I am the owner of Reiki Oasis, located right here in the greater Seattle area for the last 27 years. And we do all kinds of things over there. We do Reiki and past life regression work and channeling work. And you can find out more about that at ReikiOasis.com. Um, I do have a Reiki 2 class coming up on Saturday, March 12th. And that is for people who have taken Reiki one. And I also have my monthly class for women. Temple of the Divine Feminine is March 19th. You are going to want to come to that one. And um, that is via Zoom. And then I also have Sunday meditation with Loretta at 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. If you cannot be there at 11 a.m., don't worry, sign up. I'll send you a recording of the meditation. You can listen to it anytime you want. And of course, you can uh, sign up for everything at schedule.reikioasis.com. I am a listener-supported show. Thank you from my heart to you patrons out there. You can go to patreon.com slash the Loretta Brown Show and become part of that inner community. So I'm going to just launch in. I've got so many. I want to do a little astrology check-in because I have to because it's just so powerful right now. And then I'm going to bring my guests on and we're going to talk about... Love, Woo-hoo. yeah, love, I know, I love it, I love it, one of my favorite subjects, but as I mentioned last week, and welcome to March, there are no planets retrograde this month, so all that energy that's been going back and forth, back and forth, well, there's nothing standing in your way, uh-oh, well, that's <laughs> no good, because I, I need a break, Loretta, <laughs> I think that's what we're all kind of hoping for, and I think we're going to get it. <laughs> I know, but you know, sometimes people always go, well, Mercury's retrograde, you know, I couldn't possibly speak to you. And I'm like, there's no excuses now. 
Ah. <laughs> it's all on you. <laughs> Just saying. Anyway, to all my Piscean mermaids, I hope you're having fun. And uh, yesterday, wow, new moon in Pisces yesterday. And Jupiter, the planet of abundance and expansion, was very active under this new moon which may have made it very emotional for you. And most of my clients have been talking about how, what is going on? I'm so emotional. And of course there are things happening in the world that are making people emotional, but um, this is going deeper. Over the weekend, last weekend, get ready. We had Venus, Vesta, Mars, Pluto, Mercury, and the moon were all in alignment in Capricorn. And so what does that mean at the time of this? Uh, it, it was bringing our shadow to the surface. And Capricorn's a very hardworking sign and wants to restructure everything. So when you think- No, we I don't. Think, yeah. <laughs> yeah, dinner. <laughs> Just kidding. We totally do. I was like, stop right? it. We totally do. <laughs> no more wrecking balls. That's okay, enough. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> I thought we were done with that wall, right? <laughs> But I do think of the planets sometimes as chakras or as aspects of ourself or or they represent something, you know, and this is all about what is it that's close to your heart? What do you want to speak? You've not been speaking. Um, oh, boy. And the shadow. Oh, somebody asked me the other day, they go, Loretta, what is the shadow? I said, well, I don't know. You know, when Peter Pan, he was looking for his shadow. Maybe my guests can help us figure out what the shadow <laughs> is, right? You know? But the shadow is is those unresolved aspects of yourself. You stick over in a cupboard. And right now, our individual and collective shadow is up, and we're having to take a look at it. So a uh, good time for my guess. But this is the opportunity to, to make peace with our shadow once and for all. Venus, Mars, and Pluto will not meet in conjunction again for 250 years. I did say that Venus, the planet of the things of the heart and money, Mars, that warrior, you know, unless Venus can get him to come in, <laughs> put your weapons down <laughs> and Pluto, the Lord of the underworld, the God of transformation are all holding hands. They're having a grand conversation in the sky. It's very powerful today, powerful day, Thursday, March 3rd, Venus conjunct Pluto. And Venus has lined up with Pluto three times over the last few months. So kind of listen to these dates. You might think what was happening in your life, December 11th of 2021. I don't know if you have a journal, you can go back and look. December 24th of 2021, Venus was retrograde. And today is its third conjunction, uh, Venus with Pluto. These alignments are rare. And anytime something happens, being, being, being real close together, third time's a charm. It's saying, please bring your attention here. Now, in case you forgot, bring it right here. Pluto represents power. Venus represents, like I said, our relationships, our relationship dynamics. What a great day for my guests. And uh, with ourselves and each other and money. It's all about money. Be looking at the stock market. Be looking at what's going on. And this alignment will bring power struggles, the need to control, surrender, or rise up and take back our power. And boy, is that happening. So watch the news today. Tomorrow, powerful, powerful day, March 4th on Friday, Venus finally leaves her shadow period. 
She's been retrograde. She went retrograde back in December and went direct on January 29th and has been bringing matters of the heart to the surface. And it, sometimes when a planet goes direct, they kind of hang in the sky a little bit and it's called the shadow. And then finally they start to move forward and that is happening tomorrow. And that's going to bring in some really fresh energy around relationships, around money. And what is it that's in your heart? What do you really want to do? What are you here for? And everybody's feeling that kind of tug. And also tomorrow, Friday, March 4th, we have a day of magic. I, I, I just like put a little heart around it. And it's the annual meeting of the sun and Jupiter. And when the sun and Jupiter come together, it is considered one of the most beneficial and magical alignments in astrology. Jupiter amplifies everything it touches. And when it comes together with the sun, it amplifies the light, the life giving rays. The sun represents the core of who we are. So when Jupiter is near it, it brings a time of self-discovery, healing, and optimism. And Jupiter helps us see the big picture, the bright side of things. I think there's a song, always look on the bright side of life. <laughs> you guys know where that's from, right? So that is going to be a really great day tomorrow. And then on Sunday, get ready to breathe a sigh of relief because Sunday, finally, two planets, Venus and Mars, are going to exit Capricorn and they're going to go into Aquarius, which is an air sign. And everybody's going to be able to breathe and it's going to help us balance our masculine and feminine energies. And we need that right now in order to manifest what we're really all about. So that was a long astrology, but it, there's so much going on. I felt like I needed to bring it in. One of my clients said the other day, doesn't March come in like a lamb and go out like a lion? Is that March? Yeah. Lisa's so. nodding her I head. I think so. Yeah. So we will. In like a lion. Yeah. In like a lion, out like a lamb. Is that oh. what it is? That might like be it. A, Here's yeah, the Leo next to like me. Like a lion. So. <laughs> oh, you got the Leo there? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to take a look at that because, man, it came in with full force and we are going to go into Aries. This is the ast astrological new year is when we go into Aries, you know, the spring equinox. But um, yeah, kind of kind of hang on to your hats. We got a lot of stuff going on. So anyway, let me bring in my guests. Too much yakking. Loretta's <laughs> like her mouth just won't quit this morning. I'm sorry. It's the ducks. It's the ducks. <laughs> but on the ducks, ducks will do that to you. Quack, quack. They're out there, right? <laughs> anyway, uh, many people have problems sustaining closeness and intimacy in any given time. But the last few years of quarantine have really brought a lot of issues to the forefront. You know, people are <laughs> in a cave with each other. <laughs> yeah, it's not always so good. Let's put it that way. There's been a lot of divorces, a lot of breakups, a lot of mental and emotional health issues. And my guest today combined psychology and spirituality to help us take a deeper look at love. Elisa Romeo, MFT, is a licensed marriage and family therapist and an intuitive. And she's the author of Meet Your Soul. And Adam Foley is a certified somatic practitioner and yoga instructor who uses spiritual coaching, somatic healing, and his intuitive abilities to connect people to their soul. And together they've written a really great book called Holy Love, The Essential Guide to Soul-Fulfilling Relationships. 
<laughs> we thought a lot about that title. It's nice to hear it spoken out like that. <laughs> I mean, I feel like I have to just go back and say it again. It's called Holy Love, the essential guide to soul fulfilling relationships. And isn't that what we're looking for? And they help individuals awaken and deepen their soulful nature within relationships. So welcome to the show, you two. Thanks for your patience with all of my talking. That's so interesting. Thanks for having it us. It was nice to hear the astrology breakdown, just know what's been going on. Yeah, I've yeah. noticed years ago that when people are on my show, the astrology is supportive. Mm. So here we Definitely. are, we're, we're powerful, powerful day of relationships, you know, relationships with our soul, with God and, and money and all this kind of stuff. So I, I have so many questions for the two of you. Um, I kind of, I know you've been doing a lot of uh, interviews and sometimes I like to mix it up a little bit and just have a conversation, right? Uh, can the two of you share with us uh, a little bit about your background and how you came together? Yeah, that's a good place to start. Uh, there's so many versions of this story. And by the way, uh, I love the astrology opening there. It's nice to know the context of where this is fitting and and love your energy. I can feel you're such an empath and already receiving intuitive. Like, I feel like we're already having an intuitive conversation here. So yeah. do we even need to ask the question? We'll just sit in silence now <laughs> yeah. for an hour. Yeah. Uh, I, I would love that. I, I always like to lay the groundwork. And also, I want to tell the listening audience, you know, of course, I got people that listen to us all over the world. But uh, for those of you in the Seattle area, the two of you are in this local area. You're on Bainbridge Island. So yep, yeah. we got a lot of ducks and water over here. Too. Oh, ducks! <laughs> Back right across across a lot of ducks yeah. over here. Yeah. Don't tell yeah. my ducks. They'll go <laughs> see your ducks. Oh, I see. Yeah. <laughs> we'll bring them over here. Maybe we'll all go to Bellevue. Yeah. Yeah, well, back to your question uh, about our story and how we met and our background. Well, it's, well, when we started this book, Elisa asked me, she said, um, you know, what prepared you for writing this book? And I thought it was other things, but I really sat and thought about that for a while. And I came to the conclusion that it was really uh, when I was 15, I did an exchange in India and I lived there for a year. And uh, when I was there, I was staying with the host family and there was a terrorist attack that happened a few houses down from my um, house where I was staying in that neighborhood. It was um, a bombing that was against, there's a peaceful Muslim gathering as a Muslim holiday. And there was a, it was a Hindu extremist group that had done it against them. And I had witnessed that and at the age of 15, and that had sent me into a real deep sort of existential crisis of sort of how can love and goodness and purpose and meaning exists in a world that's, you know, has so much violence and hatred. And what ended up happening is because I was an American staying in this village, um, and there hadn't been an American there for a very long time, the news stories sort of focused on me because I was near uh, the site and was one of the witnesses. And I just started sort of doing a message of peace, uh, even though I understood the political situation very little. And eventually I got a call from the UN that was that said, hey, you know, the, the stories are getting some coverage and you are potentially, a, you know, on a terrorist watch list, you know, or, uh, a, a, a potential tar upcoming target. 
Uh, so I, at that point, the exchange program was like, we want to send you home. I was getting calls from, you know, family and friends uh, trying to get me home. But I really felt like this question had opened up in me that I, and I knew that if I went home, I wouldn't, it wouldn't resolve. Like I knew that a part of me knew, I think intuitive part that like I needed to stay to have my process with that first. And that's really what started a lot of my spiritual seeking. I ended up studying with a lot of gurus there and doing yoga trainings and uh, sent me on a, on a long healing journey. Uh, but it wasn't until I met Elisa that I really had my first spiritual awakenings and spiritual experiences. And uh, we'll, I'm sure through our interview, we'll get to know this concept, but that was the time where I met my soul, where I really felt like I got attuned to my intuitive abilities, my ability to connect to uh, that wisdom voice within and divine truth. And that was through a relationship. It was, and I had never heard of that ever before, this idea that through we could have spiritual awakenings through each other that you know that love could activate access to greater knowledge so this book is really that it's the accumulation of that whole journey but it really is an like almost a uh, instruction manual of how can you do that with another person how can you drop the walls drop the egoic interpretation uh, detrigger the wounds and really sit back and really receive love through one another. So that's my, my side of the story. Yeah. When I met Adam, I could feel there was, he was such an old soul, but I could feel the work he had done in him. You know, there's just this feeling of like, he kind of was really integrated around the why of life. And so there was such a feeling of coming home when we met, but, um, and just to clarify for anyone listening, Adam wasn't on the terrorist watch. It's yeah, list. I, I, was, I knew I phrased that. He was, I was like, that's kind of yeah, a little bit of a, oh, yeah, that's yeah. not what you mean to say. Yeah. He was the target of yeah. the next attack. Yeah. So uh, he had to kind of hide. Um, yeah. For me, uh, I had a lot of mystical experiences as a child, but uh, a really big experience that changed my whole life when I was at grad school. Um, learning about depth psychology, talking about the shadow earlier, the work of Carl Jung was why I went to that school. So we could talk a lot about the shadow, but um, I had just left a class with Stan Groff, who is the head of transpersonal psychology movement, him and his buddy, Rick Tarnas, who's an incredible astrologist. Um, we're teaching a class on consciousness. And I had just left that class and I was at lunch and I started feeling myself moving into a holotropic state. Uh, some people would say an altered state. Um, and a friend who's a body worker and intuitive noticed what was happening to me. And he's like, oh, I'll hold space for you if you want to go to a room and explore what's going on here. Because I was meditating a whole bunch of that time in my life. So I was really exploring the edges of consciousness um, internally. And uh, so in that back room, I had an out-of-body experience mm -hmm. where my consciousness left my body. And then I was looking down as consciousness at my physical body and I could see my face and my turquoise shirt. And that was a really shocking thing for me because I grew up in a very analytical household where my dad was a biochemist, my mom's a mathematician. So I was always kind of getting this programming, like you die, fade to black, that's it, worms meat. So um, that was shocking. Like, how am I existing without my physical body? <laughs> um, and what does that mean? 
about everything. I put a lot of questions immediately into me. And then right away, I was taken into this, I call it like an energetic pink cloud. But when I merged with what was my soul, I had a life review, which is like a movie of your life, but from all different perspectives of everybody you've interacted with as well. So it's like this expanded view from love of your life. And it was really surprising to see how much um, I think I thought things I was doing from love was actually fear and what love actually wanted me to know about all those things. And it was very gentle, but it was also very exposing this experience of like, um, you're conceptually in love a lot of times, but you're not in the energy of your soul and love. You don't actually know your soul. You have a concept. I was at a school spending $60,000 a year to go to grad school with psyche and soul as their motto. And here I was being shown, I didn't know what any of that really meant, except for kind of academically and conceptually. So, and then it was like, I tell people it's like the energetic Google where any question I asked about anything was immediately answered and a knowing from that place. And uh, an understanding that we all have wisdom, we access to that wisdom. So if we can get to the correct kind of brain state. So I asked a bunch of questions. A lot of things became clear to me. Some of the challenges with my father were shown to me about soul lessons and why and all of these things. And then what it was like, I wanted to stay there. And they're like, no, you're, you're going back. Your time's not done down there. And um, as I was coming into my body, there was a feeling of getting dumber and dumber <laughs> as I was going back into Elisa Romeo, because the ego is wired to be a little different than the soul part of ourselves, but it's on purpose that wiring, but it's also different. And, um, and then when I came back to my body, it had opened up my third eye, my sixth chakra. So I could see everybody's soul energy looking like a golden, just like um, hose coming down. And I could see when people were speaking when they were connected to their soul, or if they were more forward in the front of their head and the analytical mind from programs or traumas or other things. So for a year, I kind of hid in my parents' basement, trying to integrate all of that information because it really opened in me new access to things and it made my interactions with people kind of weird because I could hear people's souls telling me things to tell them and that put me in a kind of odd position of like do I do that or do I not do that and I was training at the time in my therapeutic internship in Seattle and then I just started getting out of my own way and kind of saying some of the things I was getting and people would look at me like how do you know that? Like, I've never said that to anyone. And um, so I just had to kind of, yeah, get out of the way, <laughs> understand this is my path. This is what I meant to do. And, um, and I think all our work is teaching people how we all can do this, that we're wired to do this, that we're souls having a human experience. And even though we both had kind of intense stories that catapulted us into our knowing, it's, um, really available for everybody if we just kind of ask the right questions and do the right kind of exercises to rain, raise our brain state. So my first book was Meet Your Soul in 2015. And then this book's Holy Love, which is kind of how do we see the soul in others as well as just our own practice. So yeah, that's the, that's wow. the long version. No, beautiful. Thank you. Thank you both so much for sharing that because it, it sets a, a groundwork, at least for me, of, of who you are and what you know because i always tell people what we do is what we do but it's not who we are right 
Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah a lot of times people get caught up in what, what should I do for life? What is my purpose? What is the thing? And what we see it as is like, we're here to incarnate our soul. So if the thing, whether it's writing a play or whatever you're doing is serving that process, then that's what we're meant to be doing. We can do things that aren't incarnating our soul. So. Yeah. Adam, were you wanting to say something? No, nothing particular. (laughs) It's just that that telepath thing. I'm like, oh, he's he's got a lot to say over there. He definitely does. (laughs) I I think you're correct about that. There's always something to say. Well, I was thinking about now. Now now, that you mentioned, now I'll bring it to fruition. Now that you bring it up, she's summoning it into. Yeah. No. Well, I was just thinking about your statement there, and uh, we had um, about a month ago we had Gary Zukoff on our podcast, and I remember what we we say a lot is. in life, it's not about what you do, but how you do it. Uh, And so saying it's the energy behind, you know, your intention. And then I said that on the interview and Gary Zukoff was like, wait, no, let me stop you. And he's like, it's not what you do, but why you do it. And he's so particular with language. (laughs) And so that that's what I was just thinking about on you. Yeah. What's the reason for your why? Yeah. Oh, th- thank you. Actually, that yeah. <laughs> that brings it right to the forefront. Yes, he is very particular about language and uh, a lot of people are right, you know, because we've got to understand what it is that we're talking about. So um, I think this is a really good time for us to take a little break. And um, while we're on break, we will still be live on YouTube. This is Loretta Brown, my guest today, Elisa Romeo and Adam Foley. Holy love, holy love we'll talk more about the title of that when we come back don't get scared off by it it's actually what (laughs) life is all about right yeah so uh let's take a little station break and uh maybe the ducks will come on during the break i don't know (laughs) go past the screen quacking anyway it's loretta brown we'll be right back did you know that reiki healing can be done at a distance it's true So let Reiki Oasis focus powerful energy to help relieve your stress, grief, sadness, anger, and so much more. Convenient, personalized treatments at a distance can increase lightness of being. During your appointment, find a quiet place to lie down or sit to receive healing energies. If you want help with your dis-ease, visit ReikiOasis.com. Harness life's energy. Visit ReikiOasis.com today. Alternative Talk 1150. We're on your radio at 1150 a.m. We're on your HD radio at 98.9 Channel 3. So many ways to listen. We're on the web at 1150kknw.com. Streaming live audio and video as well as MP3 archives of many of our shows. So many ways to listen. And now, we're on your smartphone or tablet. Download our free app in the Apple App Store or Google Play and take Alternative Talk 1150 anywhere you go. So many ways to listen. Every person with a disability deserves equity in education, employment, and their community. Sherwood Community Services takes pride in serving all people with disabilities and their families since 1957, including in rural areas and non-native English-speaking communities. Sherwood provides service in Snohomish, Skagit, and Island Counties. Sherwood is open for referrals for telehealth and virtual support for children and adults with disabilities. To find out more, visit SherwoodCS.com. Sherwood, believing in abilities. Alternative Talk 1150, here to uplift your day. And stay tuned, coming up next is an encore presentation of the original Loretta Brown show. Fortunately, Loretta is on her little hiatus over to Egypt for the next few weeks, so we're going to bring you some great encore presentations from the last few years. 
And this one is all about holy and human. And happy holidays. Woohoo! Thanks, Betty. Always the best music. We I had to, to have a little dance break. I used to roller skate to that song. Oh, <laughs> oh that's yeah. perfect. Threw it back yeah, a little bit. I can see it. Yeah. Wait, wait. <laughs> isn't there a roller skate move called Shoot the Duck? There. Oh, my gosh. You might be right. <laughs> it's a full circle moment. Oh, Got to keep bringing back the duck yeah. theme here. <laughs> I, know, right? I, I got to tell you. To the <laughs> a lot of duck love there. Duck love. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's something to it. I'm going to have to look up the spirit meaning of duck. What is the meaning of duck? You know, exactly. truth, truth is, we actually just got a new place. And in the neighborhood, there's a, uh, we call them the duck brigade. Because there's a little <laughs> group of ducks that just wander the neighborhood. Aww. That somebody owns them. We don't know who, but they just... And they're really funny. They're six in a row and they'll just wander around and it's like this gang of ducks. It's awesome. I I think um, I'm trying to think who it was. It might've been Irvin Laszlo. Somebody was on my show and we were talking about synchronicity and serendipity. And so it's the ducks today. It's the ducks and (laughs) for everybody listening, you're going to go out you're probably going to run across ducks. You know, they're connecting all of us. Yeah. So I love it. I actually just love it. So uh, this is Loretta Brown, my guest today. Uh, Alisa Romeo, uh, MFT, and Adam Foley. We're talking about their book, Holy Love, The Essential Guide to Soul-Fulfilling Relationships. Um, so are the two of you soulmates, twin flames? How'd you find each other? We are twin flames. We always are a little hesitant to actually state it in that way because we find so many people start to then compare everything to twin flames when we really believe that soul presents what we need in that moment of our life but i think i'm glad i didn't i didn't know about the term twin flame before i met elisa and lisa barely knew about it when we met she was like i think i've heard of this thing called twin flame and so i was really happy that we didn't have any preconceived notions on what that was because what we're all about is is incarnating your truest self in every moment. And so we really notice what are the tools that really help you heal and really help you do that? And what are the things that distract? And so things like past life memories, they can be so healing if used correctly. And, but they can also be a distraction if you're using it as a way to escape your life. I'm sure you're aware of this with your, you know, healing work on that level. Uh, One thing I was just, we were talking about Stanislav Grof earlier. And uh, one thing that he's really specific about is the difference between an altered state and a holotropic state and how, uh, and he coined that term because he because an altered state can be any sort of spiritual altered place, you know, or it can be even just any type of an altered substance, but, but he was made a distinction between those two terms because he saw holotropic state as when we're in an altered state that brings us more towards wholeness that pulls us towards our individuation that pulls us towards healing. So we use the, the twin flame word selectively because I think it can, when people hear about spiritual relationships, it can activate yes. that longing in their hearts. That's just that, that little heartbreak feeling of wanting to be so deeply met and seen on that level. And we really, really want to stress that you don't need to be in a twin flame relationship. Uh, and I would, we define soulmate relationships very broadly. So I would say that 
all relationships in many ways are a soulmate relationship if it's helping you grow and learn and we can talk about that towards your soul Uh, the reason we do like to say twin flames because we're mixed on it there's pros and cons is because the reality is there's specific kind of challenges and energy things that happen with twin flames so then it was useful to actually find material about that when we were going through it so we also want to be transparent the way we really know the depth of certain things about ego and soul is through our connection but also it's easy for the ego to put things in a hierarchy, you know? Um, I'm also thinking when you're talking, cause I run into this all the time where people are like, Oh, when am I going to meet my twin, my twin flame? flame? I hear that so you much. Know, and that's the thing or, it's like, and I'm holding my breath and I'm not living my life and I'm not yes. connecting to my soul until that happens. And I know for sure, Adam mm-hmm. and I couldn't have been in the resonance of even coming together if I hadn't already really been connected with my soul and really living that. So, um, yeah, it's kind of like just the goal is connecting to that, yeah, to been, love. We've to been doing a lot love. of um, interviews and that question, you know, that that comes up a lot, right? Yeah. When you hear about spiritual relationships is that longing for a spiritual relationship. And I also think in the new age movement, there's a lot of pressure on the individual yes. uh, for manifesting. There's sort of a manifesting yeah. fundamentalism going on where it's like, <laughs> yeah. oh, well, you need to change. You need to be completely healed and you need to have all of your things in order before you can manifest a soulmate or a twin flame. And I really don't see it that way. We really see that it's actually much more about surrender. And it's about surrendering into your true self and connecting to that part first. And then often we activate more meaningful relationships. And twin flames can be like very intensive spiritual boot camp every day. So we've got two boys, and I think if I could choose for them a beautiful soulmate relationship or a twin flame, I might choose this the soulmate relationship because it is not about kind of really it's not comfortable. It's about turning you into your sainted self as quickly as possible through that meeting. So there's a lot of uh, kind of psychological challenges that come with it. Yeah, I love this conversation because I do think a lot of people are confused about love and a lot of people, I don't know, sometimes they're like, uh, you know, instead of figuring out how to love the one they want, they're they're still looking for the one to love and it's like they're in a relationship, right? So they might be overlooking something. And we trust inherently so deeply soul orchestration. So understanding that no matter how messy or crazy your life looks in this moment, things are put there on purpose to, to learn these lessons. And so it's kind of, yeah, starting with your life as it is finding the love. We have this beautiful, my favorite exercise in the book is mystic Mad Libs, which is basically like, if you pretended everything's happening for love behind it, what might you be learning through this experience? And if you embodied and knew things to a hundred percent, how would you be freed from suffering in this instance? So it's kind of like fill in the blanks with the soul lessons that exercise. And so it's kind of starting there of like, how do we go in with a hypothesis of trust in our current lives, even if things feel bad to start to learn that then when we start to get to the meaning, then some of those things that feel bad start to shift. Um, That actually, you know, like I said, there's so much to talk about. I want people just to get your book, but when we are, uh, you have something in the book where you are asking love, you know, talking to love, right? Like, please pull that out a little bit more. And I loved what you just said about free from suffering, right? Yeah. You I know, mean, life is pain, no matter what, all of us are going to have pain in some sense in our lives, but suffering is optional because suffering has to do with when we don't understand the meaning behind the pain. 
So if we can really, and that's what soul does. I feel like, you know, like many therapists, I have so many clients where it's like, everything looks fine in my life. You know, I've got, you know, things in order, my career, this, that, but there's this hole in my heart or this lacking, or I don't understand my purpose or missing meaning, or it feels like groundhog's day. Why is everything so heavy? You hear those things a lot. And I feel like what people are really missing is soul, that connection. What soul is, is soul is intuition is the voice of your soul. So what we're reaching for is our true nature. And, you know, authenticity is kind of an overused term these days, but it really is that part of ourselves that's eternal and all loving. And that's why I see it as your sainted self. So who are you as a saint? And then these lifetimes we're coming in, we're learning to try to work towards the embodiment of that, of becoming all love, turning all our cells to radiate from that place instead of fear and reactivity. So all of our work is to help people through sessions or our retreats or our exercises. How do we identify, hold the trauma, the pain, transform that into the energy of love really practically and specifically? Yeah. And we are very focused on what heals. And so we're we're very specific about in our technique about how you get intuitive information, because there's a difference between just getting psychic info, info and healing information. So in that instance where we feel like we're suffering and we're trying to find the meaning and purpose so we can get out of that suffering, sometimes our ego is like, I want to know the answer, right? I want to know what's the conclusion of this emotional pain. How do I get to the end of this? But when we talk to our soul and we, and we talk to the voice of love, often that voice of love is more holding us exactly where we're at than it is giving us answers like we're on a test, you know? Uh, and so that voice might say something like your intuition might say, hey, today you need to stay longer in bed and watch TV and eat ice cream. So sometimes this information is not radical or profound, you know, spiritual information, but it is profound in its healing. It's often just inner child work, right? Of what we need that day. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's so simple. And a lot of times when I started this, I was like, I'm really into intuition. I bought every book with intuition anywhere on the title, you know, and I really wanted to like understand and get to it. And then as I started studying it and practicing it and then teaching it, I saw it's not about psychic training so much as being courageous. It's about admitting. So intuition is really about courage. Do we allow ourselves to know what we really already know? And that still small voice, which can get overpowered by all the noise of life. So it's, you know, meditating by slowing down, tuning in, checking in with the somatics of the body and asking, talking to love instead of talking about love. And that makes all the difference when we're actually having a direct, intimate, personal conversation with the soul. So we'll have people name their soul or hear the name of the soul, no matter either way you want to call it. For some people, it's a creative writing exercise. And it's like, that's fine if whatever works for you. But you just want to start talking directly to love and then asking it really specific questions. What should I eat for lunch? Why am I upset today? What what should I do to go to sleep tonight? You know, all those types of things. So uh, walk me through this real, real uh, elementary for the listeners. Um, So basically you're saying, so I should... Um, you know, in order to, cause we're talking about connecting to the soul, right? Right. And okay. holy love is a method and it's, uh, okay. there's a, we call it the four relationship method. And it all has to do with, are we relating from ego? Are we relating from soul? So we'll talk about, there's four different relationships going on. So when Elisa's talking to Loretta, it's not just one relationship of Elisa to Loretta. It's also 
Alisa to Loretta soul, Alisa to Sophia, my soul, Loretta to her relationship, to her soul, and then the soul contracts, the soul to soul. So the first relationship is ego to ego, which we talk about a healthy functioning ego. That's about reflective listening, identifying your feelings, maybe the inner child work. And then there's the intuitive information. What is my soul, Sophia, telling Elisa about what's going on with Loretta? What's going on with Elisa? What's going on? What's activated in the room? So we break it down really specifically, Elisa, to Loretta soul. Am I feeling your energy? Am I just only seeing you as what you're doing and saying? Or am I seeing you and as an eternal loving being? And am I in relationship to that? And as a marriage and family therapist, that changes everything. When you have a couple that are just have been in reactivity, ego to ego, ping pong game of your trauma hurt my feelings for 20 years, and then suddenly start to open up oh, your love self is available to me and I can be in relationship to that. It is radical how quick we'll have couples that have had the same fight for who knows how many years just suddenly hear different information from their soul about why they're having that fight, the root of the fight, how to heal the fight, what to say to their partner. And it's the the basic Einstein idea. You cannot solve a problem from the energy level in which it's created. (laughs) And that happens so much to us as egos in relationship. We do that. We're, and that's that thing when I was out of my body and then came back getting dumber and dumber and Elisa, I could feel the ego is just wired to be kind of amnesic. I like Dory. I was thinking finding Nemo. That's just like, what, 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 you know? And so it, it gives us help. <laughs> I think as humans, our podcast is holy and human because we really believe we're both and we can be really human in our messiness. And then we can also have these holy selves and we can't bypass the human part and we need to address and kind of heal whatever needs to be addressed there. But also we are more than just our human selves. So. Yeah, I would say just an example for people so they can kind of understand it and work as we were uh, doing an online retreat, like a little bit ago. And uh, there was a man there and he said that he was with this new partner and she was good friends with her ex. And this really bothered him. And he was like, I really wish that they had a bad relationship. Uh, (laughs) You know, like this is making me insecure that they're like good buddies. And so on an ego level, that was really difficult for him. And he kept trying to communicate that to her in ways it was leading to arguments. And it just was the communication was blocked there. And so first we had him check in with his soul intuitively and his soul saying, oh, this is actually about kind of my self-worth and, you know, needing to feel chosen, uh, which are not wrong. It wasn't like a shaming thing. It was just like, this is just the information yeah. here. And so then we had him, instead of, you know, approaching her from that wounded place to check in with her soul, what's, what's really going on with her in the relationship? And he intuitively got, she is so happy with you uh, that this is as her friendship has nothing to do with how she, you know, sees and views you. And then there is the soul to soul contracts of what is really, what's the less spiritual lessons behind this event. Uh, And so the spiritual lessons are happening, whether we're aware of them or not. So that relationship is just becoming conscious of what the bigger picture is here. And then the big, what his information there was that this was all perfectly designed to trigger that wound in him to activate because it would be easy for him to get proof externally. That's what he was looking for was he wanted to see externally that she didn't like him to get the proof that he was worthy. 
Uh, but this was something that he really ultimately wanted to know internally. And so, you know, that within 15 minutes, that entire dynamic shifted that had been wow. going on for like a year. So it can be powerful stuff. Uh, it's really powerful. I love what you're saying so much. And I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about all kinds of things while you're talking, obviously. Um, we so often get tripped up like you say, by our trauma or our needy energy, right? I need this, I need that. And your your um, four relationship thing, you know, with the ego to ego, ego to soul and so forth, I think is vitally important for everybody to take a look at because so many people are stuck in ego to ego. And this idea that not only can you connect with your soul, but you can connect to the soul of the other. Exactly. Is, and we is, see it and talking about world events. I mean, we see this as mm -hmm. like, this is a calling for us because we really believe yes. if we all saw each other as souls. Yes. It's a lot harder to bomb somebody or to hurt yep. someone when, and that was part of Adam's story in the book. He ended up later in India in a ball bar brawl how do you say that word bar brawl <laughs> where he was being attacked in a in a way that he didn't do anything but he was being interpreted as something it was like a projection basically and as he was being beaten up he could see these men wanted to kill him and they might but then he could also see their souls where they didn't even know themselves as love yeah and that opens a compassion in you um in any circumstance yeah it was this extreme contrast experience and what it was was uh, another group who I had met up with had been really the agitators of the whole thing, had been the instigators of the fight. And so the fact that it ended up and then they left and mm -hmm. then I ended up being the one that got sort of beaten up for their incidents, you know. And so because of that, I knew it had nothing to do with me. I knew it had nothing to do with me, that I just happened to be sort of the sacrificial victim of their anger. And so in that moment, I could really see, and I really, I was coming right out of PTSD. So I really didn't know, like, if I had the impulse, if I wanted to fight for my life or not. Like, I was really in this in-between place, which now, in hindsight, looking at it from a soul level, I can really see the orchestration of that moment, that there was supposed to be this extreme con contrast in which at one point I was looking at the guy's eyes. And that was the first moment I woke up to the idea of soul because I could feel and see the anger coming at me and I knew that it was false it wasn't the whole story. and I knew that it was that they were fully consumed by this yeah. experience but they weren't even invested on a soul level in that anger and that they didn't know themselves in that moment and that there was two selves that there was this egoic self yeah. that can be so involved in this story that that that's the part that gets angry that seeks violence that's you know uh invades ukraine <laughs> that's that yeah. part you know and then there was another part of them and i felt honestly in that moment i'm sure you know this experience loretta because i can feel how energetically sensitive you mm -hmm. are and can feel that potential in people like in that moment i was also in love with them you know it was a mm -hmm. it was this extreme contrast well i um uh, I'm, I'm thinking to myself once again how appropriate it is to have you on the show today and not only is this something that we need to utilize in our own personal relationships, but also with the world and everybody else, you know I talk all the time about 
um, you know, we're heading into an evolution. Uh, uh, it's hopefully not a revolution, but an evolution of our consciousness into this higher concept that we can all communicate with each other at this, I'm going to call it the middle level, because up here we're one and we don't care about anything. But um, uh, you could say telepathically, but if we could see the souls of others, I think that will heal our world. Absolutely. And, That's why it's such a calling for us. Because, yeah. um, you know, when I was writing Meet Your Soul, I had kind of an astral experience when I was, in, I had, it wasn't a dream, it was after a dream, but I basically saw kind of this grid around the planet of hate and anger and where yeah. we're not seeing each other. And my soul showed me any person who connects to their soul, it really bypasses the power of that matrix to affect us. So no one can really manipulate you if you have access to that internal wisdom. You're unmanipulatable in terms of the media or whatever programming is around us. And relationship. So so every soul, every ego we have we get that can plug into their soul, we see that as like such a huge win for the consciousness and the ripple effect of how that affects everyone in their world, that affects other people, because it is through transmission too that we send the message we can do this that this is available yeah and you mentioned that all is one love and we definitely see that that we see the the divine as unconditional love as just a field of grace of unconditional love but we also see that each person is like a raindrop from that ocean with their unique individuated kind of essence it's like their unique divine blueprint and i think that for us is the most important thing to focus on in relationship because it's are you really seeing that person's unique expression of grace of divinity how did they show up in this lifetime you know what are their personality quirks what are you know we, uh, what are they learning and I, I how think, are they doing with that? How yeah. are we doing with that? <laughs> I think a lot of people think of soul as like this thing that this small thing that lives within us, but it's really imbued in all of our actions. It's imbued in our idiosyncrasies and our personality quirks and all this. And so, and those are the things we end up loving in our partner when, you know, and often we don't value those things until they're gone or until they're missing. And then we realize, oh, I didn't love the things they did for me. I didn't love their hobbies or uh, their persona. I loved how they, you know, always how, when they read a book, how they would always bite their fingernails, you know, or hum while um, they're gardening or, or hum while they're gardener. And, and these little, our son makes these noises when yeah. he's eating. He loves eating. He's like, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> it's like his soul is just like a hedonist. He's done that since he was a baby. <laughs> yeah, since a baby. It's, it's so funny. <laughs> It's got to be past life. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he really he was like an Italian it. chef I in know, a past seriously. life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um. Yeah. I. I don't even. I'm kind of looking at the time, going, "What? You know, <laughs> yeah. what happened? What, we went what deep happened? Quick. Yeah. Um. Uh, no, but I. I love it so much because I think that a lot of our problems on on planet Earth are that we're stuck in. It, we're stuck in our trauma, we're stuck in our projections, and we're stuck in ego to ego. And and I'll just ask this question. It, to me, the answer is obvious, but for the listener, um, anybody can do this, right? Anybody can connect with their soul anybody and somebody does else's soul. We do, we do this with our seven-year-old who makes the noises. And we'll, we'll <laughs> say, when they're real little, four or five, you'll say, like, think of an animal you love. And now if you pretend that animal, and they'll say, like, bun bun, it's cool, you know, or the bunny, it's cool. And you'll say, okay, now if you pretend that that bunny is all loving and all knowing, and then you have them ask that bunny a question. And so what you're doing is you're using the symbol of, of the bunny 
to be the voice plate of the soul. And then you start to speak directly to it. And kids are so wise. I had, I mean, one of my clients was eight, she's in the book and she was getting bullied at school. And we talked to this animal and it was like, she suddenly, she didn't know what she was going to do. She was terrified to go back to school. There was a click of girls. And then suddenly she was like, I understand, you know, why the main girl is going after me because there's troubles in her house. She had psychic information about the girl. And then she was kind of like, what should I do? And she knew exactly how to be with the girl, like acknowledge her, but don't get too deep in. It's not your job to fix her kind of stuff, but also don't act scared. So, and if I had told her, here's what you need to do to, to go to school, she wouldn't have had that confidence in knowing Right. If I told her as if she went in and she got, she really got it. She understood how to embody what her soul was telling her about how to be in relationship to that traumatized girl. Yeah. I think when we use the words intuition or psychic, it can sound really out there. And, yeah. uh, and yeah. it sounds like it's a skill for the select few, you know, that are chosen. And, uh, but it's really, it's, it's really accessible. It's actually so simple. That's why we miss it. It's like the truth is so close. We can't see it. And it's as simple as just stopping just taking a breath and putting a hand on your heart and just asking what does my version of unconditional love say today for the situation? Yeah. Yeah. It's very simple. So in your book, Holy Love, everybody just get it. Holy Love and uh, the essential guide to soul fulfilling relationships. Alisa and Romeo we have um, and Adam Foley. Yeah. Free guided yeah. meditations on our website, holyandhuman.com. If anybody wants to give it a shot and, and try some guided meditations to meet your soul. And you guys work with people and you have um, uh, gatherings or retreats or something. Yeah. Yep, we yeah. do retreats where we bring soul energy in the room and then we do individual or couple sessions together. Yeah. Yeah. Or really, individually. Really so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So in the last 30 seconds or so, what would you like to leave with the listening audience? get ducks. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Enjoy okay. the rain. <laughs> I'm going to utilize this Jupiter sun conjunct. Um, tomorrow it, magic. I am so excited about that. Um, mm -hmm. but yeah, I think it's just leaving with, we've said a lot of big things. We've gone all over the place, but to make it really simple, you just, just play with it, fake it till you make it in the sense of just see, open your mind and heart and play with it, but you're more intuitive than you know. And there's more love available than you probably realize. Yeah. And don't judge yourself as you're getting your information. Often we get intuitive information. And if it's a little bit off or if it's wrong, we say, oh, this thing is all made up and it's and it's fake. But it's like anything. It's a skill that you build a relationship and trust with it over time. Thank you. Thank you so much so for being on the show. Thanks yep. Bye bye, us. everybody. And uh, be in love. Yeah. And magic. Magic. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Lots of love. <laughs>